Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. It is the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G Radio, plausibly live from the big event, the Super Bowl of horse racing, the Breeders' yeah. Cup. This is cool, Danny. This is awesome. Yeah. I love the vibe. I've been walking around here. It's been nuts. You're either going to hear horse fans jumping up and down, screaming about the horse that they have on the monitors here, or Petros from Petros and Money screaming <laughs> on his microphone. If you could see this, it's like a, like a Saturday Night Live episode, because we're, we're on one table, the next table is uh, Petros and Bill Plaschke, and, yeah. then, and then Rob Parker's on the other side. We're all lined up. <laughs> but uh, joining us, uh, this guy is the guru of gurus, the connoisseur of horse racing as a pundit on television. Todd Trump joins us here live. Uh, on tape, of course, from the uh, the amazing Breeders' Cup, the 40th edition of the Breeders' Cup. Todd, welcome. It's great to see you. It's great to be with you, Ben and Danny. And I have to say, you know, when you talk about venues, yes, this is one of the most amazing racetracks in the world. But let's be honest, it's one of the best sporting venues we have in America. When you look at iconic places that... Uh, sporting events take place just in Los Angeles. We all revere Dodger Stadium and mm-hmm. Chavez Ravine, and it'll be here 60 years from now. We'll still be loving it. Santa Anita is in that category. 
Uh, it's a treasured facility for any sport. Uh, so it's no surprise with a facility like this, they're hosting the Breeders' Cup for a record 11th time. I, I just, I love it here. I, I sit in the grandstand, and those San Gabriel Mountains have been there for centuries, but every day it's a different view. One day it's clear. One day it's smoggy. One day it's cloudy. <laughs> um, one day it's snowing up in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there awesome. is no other racetrack in the world that has that view. Um, Santa Anita is a treasure. So even if you're a casual sports fan and you didn't get to the Breeders' Cup, you got to come out here and experience a day. Yeah, it's amazing. And I love my, my favorite thing. I actually I used to live right near here, so I used to come here a lot. I moved a little further away, but I love coming out here. And, and today I was walking around the same thing. You see some guys who've got the you know the, they've got the racing forms in front of them. They're yep. handicapping every race. There's other people that are just kind of. You know, drinking, having a good time. There's you know, women all dressed up to the nines. It's just a crazy, a wild scene. No matter how many times I've come here, I discover a part of the building I didn't know exists. There's bathrooms that I don't think have been touched since 1956. <laughs> it's like going back in a time machine. But you talk about those guys with the racing forms, the rail birds who've been here for years and years yeah. and years. So one of the things that happens, so you have a live day of racing at Santa Anita, and let's say you've had a bad day. It's like I still want the action to go. They have a place called the paddock room. So it's the, the lowest of the building. And it's all the hardcore people um, yeah. trying to make a comeback on the day, and they affectionately call the paddock room the dungeon. And so you go <laughs> underneath the grandstand here. I just I love every part wow. of it, even the dungeon. Yeah, it's great. great Dave, people watching, yes. if you're into that too. Yeah, I mean, the horse racing is great too, but in between it, I like – I, I think we uh, we talked earlier this week Dan, about the fact that you know, horse racing is it's almost you know it was an, a very popular sport early in America. Right. But now the way people live their lives now, yes. where you have short attention spans, right. but you have you have a lot of time between races where you can you know you can socialize, yep. you can yep. put your bed in, and, and so it's it's really cool. And one thing I noticed when I walked in. You see folks that are just dressed with shorts and flip-flops yes. and T-shirts. And then you see folks that are dressed to the nines and look like, you know, they pulled up in a Bentley with a butler. <laughs> and, 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 and it's Danny, crazy, the Danny, mix of people. That's what I love about it. You can make a day at the races whatever you want it to be. Uh, you know, the race that everybody knows, the Kentucky Derby. It's phenomenal to watch how people – your imagination is the only thing that holds you back when it comes to how you want to dress and go out to the races. You can be casual. You can dress up. I think the worst moniker ever given – to the sport of horse racing was the sport of kings. Like, I hate when people use that moniker because it's the sport for everyone. It really is, and yeah. it's truly accessible. Yes, Mike Rapoli just won the previous race here. He had not one but two $1 billion ideas that he sold, and he's pretty well off, um, but he is very accessible, and I look at the diversity in our sport. It's, it's more diverse than any other sport in ahead of time, but the fact that you could have a billionaire Mike, like Mike Rapoli um, and then the stable hands and Todd Pletcher's uh, operation who um, maybe are just getting started and not making a lot of money and now get to be on this big stage for the Breeders' Cup. There's so much I love about racing on a daily basis, but it is not the sport of kings. It's a sport that is accessible to everyone. Yeah, and, and also I think it's important for those that might be listening, if you're listening to the podcast or maybe you're not a hardcore horse racing person, the, uh, when I was growing up, it was always the Triple Crown races. Right. That that was it. Yeah. But I've talked to people over the years, thought about the Breeders' Cup, and for people in the business, like this is the this is the main event. If you're in the industry, it, explain like why this is so important. Compared. Because the Triple Crown only highlights one division, and it's the three-year-olds. You mm -hmm. can only run in the Kentucky Derby as a three-year-old. That's why winning the Triple Crown is truly one of the hardest things in sports because you only get one season. Uh, yeah. You can't have anything go wrong. You only get five weeks to run those three races. And so much can happen along the way. So the Triple Crown has always been about three-year-olds. The Breeders' Cup 
brings the best of all horses together. So the Longines Breeders' Cup Classic tomorrow will be three-year-olds that you saw on the Kentucky Derby Trail now taking on older horses who you maybe didn't watch throughout the course of the year. On that card, you'll see some of the best turf horses going a mile and a half. So horses who run on grass. You'll see some of the best sprinters in the world. Um, so the Breeders' Cup has never been defined by one age category or one distance. These are many disciplines, and they're horses from all over the world. They're not just the best in the United States. They're bringing over the best from Ireland, the best from England, the best from France. And this year, once again, the best from Japan. And the Breeders' Cup just a couple of years ago at Del Mar, it was a breakthrough moment for Japanese racing. Japanese racing has always been great, but when they would ship out, they like one of their best horses, Deep Impact, they so badly wanted to win the biggest race in Europe, the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe, and he tanked on the, on the stage that they wanted to win. It was a huge blow to their industry. I was there when he came back to his home course at Tokyo, and I've never seen anything like it. Deep Impact, one of the best horses I've ever seen. That was one of the great moments, his comeback race. But this industry the japanese uh, racing industry has always been poised to go around the world and win and now they're doing it ushba tesoro took the dubai world cup earlier this year one of the richest races in the world and he's going to be one of the favorites in the Longines breeders cup classic if not the favorite it was unfathomable when you had the first Breeders' Cup at Hollywood Park, which is now the Rams and Chargers locker room, um, <laughs> that here we would be 40 editions later, and the favorite for the Longines Breeders' Cup Classic would be a Japanese champion. Pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. Go, go full circle. And uh, we're hanging out here at the, the Breeders' Cup. And, again, by the way, we are it's, it's underway. And yeah. if you're able to make it, I know this podcast, obviously people listening all over, the country and the world, but if you're in Southern California or you're planning on being in Southern California, it'll be worth it to fly in. Uh, yeah, it, no, it's, it's awesome. Um, I'm going to try to come back out if we're allowed, Nanny. I'm going to try to stay. Yeah, do you know if here. our uh, backstage passes here are good for tomorrow? I didn't think I was going to get into Radio Row. That's how good my pass is. <laughs> I, I, I almost didn't make this. I don't know. Uh, but but we are here. And if you want to get tickets, there are some left. It's just amazing the the, the, the racing, but the people watching, the vibe. If you've yep. never been to a, a race, I mean, what a great first race to go to. The the biggest, uh, for those in the business here, the Breeders' Cup. So if you want tickets, you can get tickets. Obviously, it is on Saturday here, so go to breederscup.com and the World Championships, Breeders' Cup World Championships that are going on here. Now, we'll get back to racing, of course, but I know that you are a Minnesota Vikings fan. Oh, Sorry well, so about is our boss, by the uh, way. Yes. By the way, thanks for the uh, purple uh, cover yeah, to your I table know. here. We want to make you comfortable. <laughs> we want to make you comfortable. Can, uh, you play, can you play quarterback, by the way? Oh, yeah, so. I'm sorry about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> but we got a rocket scientist now. I didn't know that Dobbs was an actual <laughs> yes. uh, rocket scientist. Yeah. I, and this is long-suffering. And my, um, my cousin said this to me because he's from Minnesota. He's like a brother to me. So we followed the Vikings all our lives. He's like, why couldn't our parents given us a different team to follow? I mean, it is, I cannot begin to describe the pain from Gary Anderson's first missed field goal of the year, losing the NFC championship. And I know we would have absolutely beat the Broncos that year with Randy Moss and that offense. They could not have stopped us. And then about 2009, I'm watching this gross overtime defeat to the New Orleans Saints. Oh, yes. Bounty Gate came out of that. Then, of course, they changed the overtime rules, which was too late for the Vikings after that. (laughs) And I'm walking for an hour and a half on this bike path near my house just by myself. And it just occurred to me, I'm like, they don't even know I exist. Like, why do I care so much about this team? Whether they win or lose, they don't know I'm here. But, yes, lifelong. Yeah, so we do Vikings with our fan. teams, too, every yeah. week, every weekend. Yeah. And one quick other side note before we get back to the horse racing. Um, a vet of TVG. Yeah. Which is awesome. And 
You had a famous moment with Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> that I treasure it the most. I've, I, look, I've been at, uh, it was TVG, now it's FanDuel TV. Yeah. So I've been at this network for 24 years, seen it done a lot of things, been to some fantastic races, and Yada winning the Breeders' Cup Classic here in 2009 is my favorite racing moment. But racing Jerry the King Lawler for my broadcasting career is kind of weird, <laughs> is my highlight. Yeah. And so how, how did that happen? We're about four years into the network. Nobody knows who we are. The only way you can see us is on the C-band satellite dishes. You know, they're the size of a jacuzzi. So no one knew who we were. So we were always trying to get attention. And I was the guy who wanted to go out and get attention. So one night at Sam Houston Racecourse down in Texas, um, a friend of mine, Martha Clausen, she's the publicity director, the general manager there would hold wrestling matches on Friday night after the races. So to promote the match, She'd bring out some of the key wrestlers out into the winner's circle, and after a race, they'd build up the crowd, stick around later for wrestling. That's cool. Before she interviews Jerry the King Lawler, she goes, hey, and she says this off mic, could you work in my friend Todd Shrupp in California? He's like, no problem. So she goes to ask him a question and goes, now there's this guy in California. His name is Todd Shruppy. And he grabs the mic from her. And he goes, you mean Todd Schmuck? And goes, goes in this whole great thing. And he ends by saying, and hey, Schmuck, if you ever want to leave Hollywood and come to Texas, I'll wrestle you anytime, anywhere. So I get a call at home from... Uh, the people who are watching the broadcast in our studio who are working that night, and they said, can you come on air? I'm like, why? Because Jerry the King Lawler just challenged you to a wrestling match. I'm like, what? So they <laughs> catch me up on the whole thing. I go on air. I fire back. Next thing I know, this thing's happening. So we do like a month of promotion leading up to it. Um, my boss at the time, he goes to his old high school coach, gets me the high school wrestling outfit, and so I'm wearing the, the onesie, you know, for wrestling, the singlet, and then I'm wearing uh, the thing that goes over your ear so you don't get cauliflower ear. We do all these uh, promos, and then about a week before the match, one of our bosses calls me in, and he says, I need you to sign something. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He goes, it basically releases us from anything if you get hurt. <laughs> And so I'm like, no, I'm, I'm doing this for you guys. Now, are you, are, you in, are you in shape at the time? Oh, uh, I'm you? better shape than I am now. Okay, all but, right. Well, but, we're all younger. And but I'm day. still not a world-class athlete. Okay. That's for sure. So anyway, we somehow get past that. So all these obstacles. Yeah. Go down to Texas. They have a limo waiting for me. It takes me to the track. <clears throat> They've got the Hooter girls waiting out front with their pom-poms. <laughs> it's incredible. And they take me right to the winner's circle to promote the match, and Jerry the King is, is waiting there. Yeah. Martha Clausen's in between. She l- lets me have the mic first, and I start making fun of his age. My grandpa, my great-grandpa gar- used <laughs> yeah, to watch yeah, you, yeah. and I can't wait. And I started naming all the time zones. So if you're in the Pacific time zone, Central, Mountain Time, Eastern, tune in and watch this match or whatever. So and now it's his turn, and he yeah. grabs the mic, and, he's, and he takes his finger, and he goes, you got pretty nice teeth for a beaver, and then he takes <laughs> his finger, and he, and he pokes it in my chest, and, I, and it must have backed me up like six inches, and I looked at our producer, and I go, this is real. Like, I don't know. I've never wrestled in my life. This is real. Yeah. And so oh, he goes, man. you better stop your talking unless you want to see those chicklets rolling around on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I eventually wrestled him that night. He put me in the pile driver. Um, I survived the pile driver, barely, um, got out of the match. And the way I look at it is Andy Kaufman 
wrestle Jerry the King Lawler, the man in the yeah, moon. Like, yeah, yeah. So many people have been in the ring with Jerry the King Lawler, and I didn't realize how big his legend was until I wrestled him, and now everywhere I go, people talk about it or fans of the King. And that yeah. night, that was kind of the cool part. When I walked out, the crowd was 2,000% Lawler. They just wanted to see yeah. me absolutely destroyed, and they got what they want. They started chanting pile driver. And now yeah. I think they don't allow the pile driver. Oh, probably not. Yeah, it's illegal yeah. now, but uh, that's crazy. When I was growing up, I, grew, I loved wrestling. So Jerry Lawler, the name, OG, I mean, yep. back, back in the day. But uh, we should probably get back to the, to the racing. Oh, I yeah. Think no. our, our boss is going to punch us if we don't get back to the race. But, but no, I'm excited. So I was told not to – we're doing this on Friday. Obviously, we want to promote what's coming up on Saturday because that's when people can come out and hang out. But uh, today, I was told the juvenile races, that's like, it, to compare it to another sport, like the future stars, like yes. the horses today. NBA that we, All-Star Weekend. Like yeah. we'll see next, rookies, next year. Like when I watch the Kentucky Derby next year and all that, horses that race today. Today, you can see them so next year. What Can you give me some names here that I that Well, I Fier Fierceness mm -hmm. ran a really good race and took the signature race. The race that was supposed to, from the beginning of the Breeders' Cup, because it's changed a lot. It, it, it used to not be two days. It's now yeah. two days. So they moved the two-year-olds, the youngest horses, to the Friday with the Future Stars Friday, as you mentioned. But the signature race was always the FanDuel Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So that was two-year-old Colts who next year could, as three-year-olds, get on the uh, road to the Kentucky Derby. And all all its history, only two horses have gone from winning that race to going on winning the Kentucky Derby, and their street sense and Nyquist. Um, I just think some of it is, you know, our sport has changed, and it seems like horses who get started later in their career, the beginning of their three-year-old season, some t sometimes have an advantage because they're fresh horses. But I think the field that ran this year has enough depth. The winner, Fierceness, owned by Mike Rapoli, trained by Todd Pletcher, will be put on the fast track probably through the Florida Derby in his three-year-old season to get to the Kentucky Derby. So, yeah, when they say Future Stars Friday, it's not just a, a marketing phrase. Uh, a lot of these horses are going to go on and do great things next year. Very, very cool. And as far as the, the Saturday, everyone knows the main event, but there's races all day here. And so if you're if something's coming I mean, coming out, what, what – what, what do we need to know about, uh, like, the, the other than the main event? We'll get to the main event, but other than the main event. Would you think less of me if I told you that my whole day depended on what happened at Aqueduct today? Um, there <laughs> well, I love that. I, I want to, I mean, that's, you're my kind of guy. Thousands of miles away. I, I, wanna, <laughs> so, so that's the thing. So today, for an example, they had ten races. Five of them were Breeders' Cup races, championship races. Yeah. But the first Breeders' Cup race was until the fifth. So I asked my colleague, Dave Weaver, have you ever been broke before we got to the Breeders' Cup race? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, lots of times. <laughs> so tomorrow, the first race is at 10, 10 a.m. local time. They've got 12 races overall, but nine of them out of the 12 are Breeders' Cup championship races. Tomorrow is going to be wild. You made a great analogy calling it the Super Bowl, but essentially with 14 championship races, it's 14 Super Bowls in two days. It's and, awesome. And tomorrow's yeah. the biggest day by far. Yeah, and, and obviously leading up to the main event and uh, – I, I saw Bob Baffert's name as the, yeah. the favorite. Uh, how is – now, he's like uh, – I've interviewed Bob a few times over the years, but in the business, you know, you talk to some people who are casuals, oh, you know, he's like a, kind of a villainous type guy in, he's, in the he's business. He's the New York Yankees. Yeah. They, right. they always have enough money. They can outspend everybody, but they don't always win. Mm. And he, that just happened in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile today. He yeah. had three horses, big purchase prices. He's got a horse running the last race today. That and is it's not a stakes race, 
that was purchased for $3.2 million. Wow. $3.2 million. And the, hor- and the horse is not running in a stakes race today. Yeah. So, you know, just because you spend a lot of money, it doesn't mean you're going to get a winner at the top level. But Baffert's barn, you go down the shed row, yeah. one side of his barn is more expensive than someone's three barns. So, so I assume because of his reputation, like if you're like, uh, you know, king of Dubai or, or the Middle East, you you contact back. Is that how it normally works? So, because he's, so he's the top level guy in one, the business? One of the most powerful stables in the world is Godolphin. And it essentially is uh, the ruler of Dubai, Sheikh Mohammed Al-Maktoum. Yeah. And they win races all over the world. They give a lot to the sport. And he loves it tremendously. He still never won a Kentucky Derby. Believe me, he's really, really, really tried. Yeah. But they host the Dubai World Cup, one of the richest races in the world. Bob Baffert trains for them a little bit, but not a lot. Brad yeah. Cox trains for them more. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see who Bob Baffert picks up as far as clients. It's it's not always who you would think. Yeah, it's interesting. And then as far as the the main the main event, the main uh, you know, events. Do you give out winners, or you want to uh, lead us in a direction here? I, 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 I picked actually, a twenty to I, one. I, earlier. Well, I you know I uh, the, you picked the twenty eight to one earlier down the hill in the Senator Ken Maddie the eight. Yes. Yeah, that was a very good pick. Yeah. Very good pick. Uh, who did you pick in the main event, Dan? Who was your? Uh, um, you know, because of his voice and guitar playing, I like Clapton. Who <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like Clapton? You're a fan of Clapton. But here's yet. the thing. Yeah. Uh, the idea is to go fast and you're betting slow hand. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, lay down Sally, but don't lay down in the main event. I think I, I bet. I bet. Uh, well, I like the name. Uh, missed the cut, I think. Or was it the. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I love it. 30 to 1. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. it's. You know, how, right. how much do you. How much stock. You're, you're in this all the time. Like, th- I see 30 to 1. That's like the long. I think the longest odds in the main. Main race, I believe. Is that does that matter? Is that no? It, the horses don't know the odds, right? That's a good point. Yeah. Right? That's a fair point. Um, yeah. Here's what I here's what I tell the people who are coming out to the racetrack. I've been in the game 35 years. I'm still learning. You know, I look at the past performances and I can find my way around. And I've got my you know I've got certain things I look for. And yeah, I have an advantage over the person who maybe only comes out on weekends. But at some point, whatever your system is, it's going to work. So everybody can pick winners. That is not that is not the challenge of this game. Yeah. Whether you're picking a name, whether you're picking a price, the question is how did you play that horse? Because that ultimately is what this game comes down to. Did you play win, play, show? Did you play exact? Did you play a try? Did you play a super effective? Did you play a super high five? Did you bet the double? Did you play a pick three? Did you play a pick four? Did you play a pick five? Did you play a pick six? Yeah. There are a multitude of options with every race. Making the correct wager is more important than picking winners. So it's it's also money, obviously money management. Yes. That's, that's as you were referencing Absolutely. there. And, uh, and that's, that's yeah. a pretty straightforward thing. When I first got involved, a guy said this to me. He was a longtime racetracker, and he was right. If it hurts for more than 30 seconds, you bet too much. Now, I've hurt for a long time, a lot more than 30 seconds many times. Uh, you keep teaching yourself over and over again, but you should always make it comfortable. You should always be responsible about it. Um, But there are days where I'll look in the past performances and it's just popping off the page. Then there's other days I'll look and it looks like Mandarin Chinese and I don't understand (laughs) what I'm looking looking at. I I got a great story about that because on the uh, the radio show, we used to do a a football show on Sundays. We had Dick Stockton, the old sports guest. And and, uh, Dick was doing a – it was a terrible game on Fox. You know, he's retired now. And we had to have him on to promote the game. And I'm like, you know, why would anyone watch? I mean, this is just a dreadful game. And Dick Stockton, so smooth. He, he educated me. And I used to watch Dick Stockton when I was a kid doing NBA games. And he said, Ben, stats tell you what has happened, not what's going to happen. That is right on. And, by the way, there's going to be some type of chair that falls 
real quick. I don't know if you heard that. I heard that. That's yeah. a sound effects there. But it, no, but it's true. That's the thing. When you're, lo- when you're looking at the racing form, you're looking at what the horse did previously. You hope that they can run to that, yeah. but you have to figure it out. And sometimes they do. Sometimes The, the thing you've got to remember, you're still betting on animals running in a left-handed circle. Okay? Yeah. And, and they have minds of their own. And as far as, like, the – the jock, how big a difference does a jockey make? Are these guys all pretty similar, or I'm no, they're not. No, okay. Um, there are jockeys who are certainly the best of the craft, just like any other sport. But I've never believed a jockey can pick a horse up and cross the finish line with them. But a jockey can cost the horse. So I actually look for jockeys who are terrible God. and avoid them. Avoid okay. them. It's like a quarterback Stay away who throws from the yes. Minnesota Vikings. Yes, over the years. That's interesting. So, yeah, so you kind of know, you're around this all the time, so you know the guys that are good yes. and the guys who are – how now, many guys who are bad, they'll keep doing it. That's what that, I mean. <laughs> I can't, and here's the thing. I can never say that on air, but during commercial break, I'm yeah. like, why does this person keep doing this? Yeah. And now is uh, – Back to Baffert, uh, is he like? Does he have a stable of jockeys that are like his guys? Yeah, is that, you know. But yeah. he, here's here's, and this was I thought one of the better lines, and this is actually a good life lesson as well. So Baffert right now in California has Juan Hernandez. He's the man. Um, he's gotten a really like Ramon Vasquez, who's kind of uh, a backup to him, and then he gave Kyle Frey a He will always give a guy a chance, but at some point you get moved to the bench. So there was a story a number of years ago. Kent DeSormo had been the man with Bob Baffert. All of a sudden, he wasn't getting mounts. And he kind of complained openly to Mike Smith, who had also been sent to the bench. Mm. And then Mike Smith said to Kent DeSormo, it's a lot better to be on the bench than not on the team at all. And that's the way it is with the Baffert barn. Yeah, Yeah, he may sit you on the bench, but he wants to motivate you like the great Bobby Knight, talking about how that's the greatest motivator. Sick Uh, and tired of losing to Purdue. (laughs) (laughs) But with Baffert, he'll eventually bring you back. But, yeah, he does have like a core of four or five. And then if you see someone who's riding really well, he's smart. He'll bring them in. Why wouldn't you use a hot jockey like a Flavian Pratt? He didn't know Flavian Pratt until this guy was an apprentice on the circuit, started winning, winning titles, and all of a sudden Flavian Pratt was in the Bob Baffert barn. So he's smart. He goes with the guys who are definitely on the rise. It's very interesting. And uh, as far as uh, the lineup on Saturday, again, yeah. people want to get tickets. They can uh, do that. There are some left, and I, we do if you're in the area. We'd love. You got it, underdog? I'm going to try to get back out here. Uh, Breederscup.com. <laughs> when does it be- It begins in the morning, Southern California time. 10, 10 a.m., the huh. first race. Okay. Um, as far as prices tomorrow in the Dirt Mile, one of the best stories, and I hate to play against the best story, but look, when you're gambling, you're not sentimental. Um, Cody's Wish is coming back to defend his title and the big-ass fans, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Last year, he got a perfect setup. He came from far back. They dueled on the lead. I don't see that tomorrow. I think Zozos gets a clear lead. Zozos might be able to win that race at a price. All right, very nice. good. Uh, Todd, thank you. I know you're busy. You, you've got TV. You're more important on TV. Than I, I got to tell you, I yeah. mean, this is the crew. I want to hang out with the yeah. track, so we got to do that sometime. Uh, we Heck will, yeah. Todd. It's great to, great to meet you, man. Thank you very much thank for your you. time. I appreciate it. Uh, have a great day there. Awesome. You too. And, uh, you can see him on TV, Todd. Yeah, uh, Shrump, one of the best, him. man. Yeah, yeah. Watch him on uh, giving picks Todd and analysis. Todd ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate that, Todd. Thank you very much. So, uh, to kind of put the ball on this, Dan, you've been out here all day. Yeah. You've been experiencing the, the track. It's it's, a, it's pretty cool. I, Dude, it was quite Quite the scene, I I wouldn't have thought that the building was this huge. Yes, like you, like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there was on. there were people riding around in golf carts, and I'm like, I need one of those here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty. It's huge, yeah, and yeah. they can fit eighty thousand people in here. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that. I know it's it's pretty massive, and there's a I drove 
down, I think, Huntington coming in, and mm-hmm. the Derby restaurant's been there for forever. It's like an iconic Santa Anita like uh, place and all that. But, but yeah, it's Ar- been great. Arcadia is a nice town too. Yeah, it's Driving beautiful. Through, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, nice no, it's area nice around here. So I used to live not that far. Far away. All right. Well, yeah, it got nicer when you left. How <laughs> dare you? Property values went up as soon as I uh, left. Yeah, down the there. Mallard family left. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, we'll get out on that. Yep. Uh, so oh, uh, plug. We talked about him being on TV. You need to yeah, plug your TV. Yeah, show. Benny versus the Penny. Check that out. I will. And I'm going to post some video. I finally learned. Uh, I sound like uh, Mike North. I'm like a grandpa. I finally learned how to get video. So I'm going to tr- probably on Saturday. Uh, I'll post a little video clip on social media. So if you follow me on Facebook or on Instagram, I'll put a photo, uh, a little video, a little clip, a little taste. I know people have complained because they're in certain cities they can't get the TV show. But we are on. It's distributed by NBC Universal, so you can check that out. Uh, Regional cable, NBC Sports Boston. uh, It's already aired there. It's got one more airing tonight. And then, uh, yeah, so we're Don't forget LA. I'll be watching after the Lakers beat the Orlando Magic. Yeah, beyond late night, prime time. 11 p.m. in LA. On Saturday night. So check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, I got, uh, we got, what? This is we're doing four. This like we did one this morning. Wow, yeah. So so we woke up early Friday morning and yeah. we did like a little intro for this. Yeah. And then we we're gonna wake up early Saturday morning to do our Saturday uh, podcast for the fifth hour. And then Sunday we have the mailbag. So a busy weekend for us. And yeah, it was it was nice being away from the studio though to do this today. Uh, it was busy out here, but it was a lot of fun. It went so fast. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's been great. So, anyway, have a uh, wonderful rest of your Friday and try to get out here. I'm going to I'm gonna try to get back out for the main event of the, the Breeders' Cup. Oh, yeah. Let's night. see if these passes work again. I know. we got to go. we got to go check. All right. Have a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful Friday night. Thank you. Later, skater. Got a murder. Got to go. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.